From the KFNX Weather Bug Weather Center for tonight, mostly clear, a low 58. Thursday, sunny, a high 86. Thursday night, clear, a low 59. Friday, sunny, and a high 88. Friday night, mostly clear, a low 60. Saturday, we start the weekend, sunny, and high 87. I'm Keith Langloss from the KFNX Weather Bug Weather Center. Currently in downtown Phoenix, it's 68 degrees. Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. Stand by for your daily act of civil disobedience. You're listening to Joe Walsh. I was on MSNBC this morning and I got into a little tussle with a liberal because I said, to me, Trump is like our first citizen president. The guy's a regular guy. He talks like, like Jimmy down the street. This is the Joe Walsh Show. Joe Walsh, nights at 7 p.m. Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. Upper Crust Pizza Patio and Wine Bar is the Valley Hotspot. Stop by for happy hour weekdays from 4 to 7 p.m. with wine, beer, food, and drink specials. Or bring the family in on Tuesday for family night with $10 one-topping 18-inch pizzas. Wednesday half off all bottles of wine on the regular list of over 40 bottles. Upper Crust Pizza Patio and Wine Bar on the southeast corner of Cave Creek and the 101. Visit UppercrustWineBar.com. UppercrustWineBar.com. I'll make our government open and transparent. Tired of being lied to by Washington? Tired of being hoodwinked by the mainstream media? The press is so dishonest. Then go to 21stCenturyWire.com for the very best U.S. and international news and analysis. Also for premium reports, podcasts, videos, and documentaries, subscribe and become a member at 21wire.tv. Visit www.21stCenturyWire.com. Don't touch that dial. Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. This is Patrick Henningsen Live, brought to you by 21stCenturyWire.com. And now, breaking down the news in ways no one else will, here's Patrick. All right, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Patrick Henningsen Live. We're here on Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. We're here over the AM frequency here throughout Greater Phoenix, Central Arizona, and globally at 1100kfnx.com. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. It's great to have you here this evening. This hour of overdrive is brought to you by 21stCenturyWire.com and 21wire.tv. Go there for all your news, views, and analysis. And also a big shout-out to our listeners on the Internet streams over on TuneIn app, Spreaker app, and, of course, the crew at AlternateCurrentRadio.com. And uh, we had a great show this past Sunday uh, on the Sunday Wire. You can go listen to that right now at 21stCenturyWire.com. It's a three-hour weekly Sunday show. And we've got another great one lined up for this Sunday as well. And uh, this has been quite a, quite a week, uh, but every week seems to be quite a, quite a week, especially with this president. And... Uh, I was watching CNN today, and uh, I saw the uh, spending most of the day covering the Women's Day. Uh, and meanwhile, there's some pretty big stories going on around the world. But um, CNN and uh, the major networks seem to be ensconced in the idiosyncrasies of Obamacare or Trump Care uh, over at Fox and uh, on CNN Women's Day. And so I guess uh, all the women have taken off work today to show how valuable. Uh, they are to the workplace, so I guess the thing to do if you're really valuable is to not show up at work 
Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, that'll be interesting uh, when they come back in the office tomorrow. So they might have to don't show up empty-handed to the office tomorrow, ladies. Uh, make it up to your work colleagues. Show up, bake a pie and some cookies for your work colleagues. That would be the nice thing to do after Women's Day. And then really show how much you appreciate your office colleagues tomorrow morning. Uh, but while, while this was all being covered uh, today in the news, something else happened. The United States, the Pentagon, deployed ground troops into Syria. What, you didn't hear that on the news today? But it happened. Well, it didn't happen today. It actually happened uh, Monday. Uh, so, yes, r- reports emerged uh, U.S. heavy armory uh, armed vehicle convoy uh, of strikers uh, was deployed going through northern Syria, uh, heading to link up with Kurdish YPG fighters uh, in the town of Manbij, uh, which is outside Raqqa in northern Syria. And this is part of an operation to uh, of, uh, eventually, I would say, to lay siege to Raqqa in order to oust ISIS from that uh, location uh, in Syria. And uh, this was hardly covered. In fact, it was almost completely blacked out of the U.S. Uh, media. And so why is that? How is that possible? Well, that's exactly what happened. So this is, uh, looks, it looks to me by reports, a third Ranger battalion out of Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, and I, we have the video up at 21stCenturyWire.com. This was taken by someone on the ground who then sent it to a Rupley news agency. So I have to go to RT to get news about where the U.S. is deploying troops on the ground uh, in far-flung locations. Isn't that amazing? Uh, and so they give RT a hard time, but yet they're the only ones reporting about U.S. troop deployments in Syria. Kind of a big deal. Uh, I, I think so anyway, uh, and I hope you would too. Now, uh, we're going to hopefully link up with our guest. Uh, we hopefully have him on the line. Uh, award-winning journalist and also the founder uh, and editor of ConsortiumNews.com, and his name is Robert Perry. Uh, and hopefully we've got him on the live link right now. Hello, Robert. I'm not sure if we have him on the line yet, but uh, we're working on that. But uh, hello, Robert. Are you there? Good. Hi. Hi. G- great to have you, Robert. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it's been quite a wild week. Uh, and as you've titled in one of your articles, uh, Official Washington Tips into Madness. Um, I don't know where to begin. Uh, there's a number of big moving parts here, and they all seem to be interrelated, funny enough. Uh, one of them is the emerging uh, Obama wiretap uh, drama, uh, which has been taken over the news. The other is the upcoming uh, congressional or House congressional hearings on uh, Russian meddling in U.S. elections. And then yesterday we had a, a huge bomb dropped, uh, which you've uh, also mentioned in your recent article, which is the WikiLeaks uh, document dump from the CIA Vault 7, uh, classified documents from the CIA involving cyber warfare uh, and hacking. These are all interrelated, Robert, and I think I would just first ask, um, let's, let's, start with, uh, let's start with the CIA leak. Um, does, how does this change the picture in terms of this conversation? To me, it's very related to the Russian hacking uh, in a kind of roundabout way. It kind of changes the way we look at this whole uh, conspiracy of Russia hacking U.S. elections or the DNC. I mean, what's your take on it so far? 
Well, it's quite dramatic that the uh, the U.S. intelligence community has developed the, these kinds of tools uh, that are, I mean, we thought we say Orwellian perhaps a bit too loosely at times, but this one is uh, truly Orwellian because uh, they apparently have figured out how when you have a smart TV, and many of us have that because if you watch Netflix or something, you may have a smart TV so it hooks up to the Internet, but that it can be set to... Uh, even when you think it's off, and it appears to be off, it can actually still be recording what's going on around it and then sending that to a CIA server so that, so the CIA can uh, surveil whoever happens to be near the, tel- the television. So, and that's, of course, if you remember 1984, that was sort of the, that was, the, the idea was to use the, tele- the television to watch the people in the room um, who might have thought they were watching the television. So um, we obviously are reaching uh, levels of, of I'm, not sure, I'm not sure it's totalitarian is the right word, but uh, as, as Ed Snowden called it, uh, turnkey tyranny, that the procedures are being put in place one after another. Um, so so that, kind of, that kind of system can be imposed on the, on the people, or at least the people that might somehow get in the way of, of the way things are desired to work by those in charge. So you could, you could really have some, some serious consequences here. But, it, but further, in terms of that release, it, it also showed that the CIA maintains a, an archive of, of, of data streams, um, code that, that, has, that they found from various other players around the world who've tried to hack into to things and they may, and they maintain this probably to use it but also so they can they can insert it um, as a way to cover their own tracks so would that be and kind that of a this, cyber false flag yeah, that would, would, yeah basically I mean they, they would so you would it would appear that it might be a Chinese hack or might be a Russian hack or some other or some other group that might be trying to hack into something because it would have some of that coding inserted into into the effort to uh, to get into what the CIA wants to get into. Now that, of course, raises other questions because the the um, the whole basis of the of the Russian hack story was that um, was that the this uh, this private concern that the Democrats had hired CrowdStrike uh, had um, had in its in its analysis of of the hack there had. Had found certain clues it felt were uh, affiliated with with Russians. I.e., there was some some lettering in Cyrillic. There was a reference to the the, the first um, uh, first Bolshevik uh, intelligence chief. There were things, <laughs> and so so. But so that became the basis for the conclusions of the Obama intelligence community that this was a Russian hack. Of the DNC and of uh, John Podesta, the chairman of the of the of the uh, of Hillary Clinton's campaign. So, uh, and and the odd thing about this was that the the, the analysis the, the analysis by this forensic group also went on and said how the reason they, they felt it was a a state sponsored hack as opposed to something done um, less officially was how how perfect the the the, the trade craft was how incredibly clever and sophisticated it all was. So you have this sort of contradiction that, that if indeed this is the, a super sophisticated, uh, very clever, 
uh, every every I dotted, T crossed effort by the Russian government to to hack into these um, these two email groups. They also were so incredibly stupid that they put in uh, information that clearly pointed back to the Russians. Now, so again, this doesn't let the Russians off the hook. I mean, I, I, the, the point I've been trying to make is we at this point the evidence has not been presented by the U.S. intelligence community to support the charges they have made. They have said simply, we assess that this is the case. With a high okay. level of confidence. Uh, right, no- but assessing, assessing in, their, in their jargon is kind of like guessing. And they even admit this in, in, in the report they put out in January. Uh, the DNI report. They say when you know what we mean by assessing is that we would take fragmentary pieces of information. And we're we're going to hold hold that thought, and we're going to pick up that thread after the break. Stick around. We'll be right back with Robert Perry after the break. Independent Talk, eleven hundred KFNX. I'll make our government open and transparent. Tired of being lied to by Washington. Tired of being hoodwinked by the mainstream media? The press is so dishonest. Then go to 21stCenturyWire.com for the very best U.S. and international news and analysis. Also for premium reports, podcasts, videos, and documentaries, subscribe and become a member at 21wire.tv. Visit www.21stCenturyWire.com. There are lots of good reasons to take a good quality multivitamin. Even the best eating plans can fall short of meeting all of the necessary nutrients you need each day. Emerald Laboratories offers different multivitamin formulas with specialty men's, women's, and prenatal formulas to meet individual needs. Each formula contains coenzyme-activated forms of B2, B6, and folic acid, Albion Minerals, the gold standard in mineral chelates, vitamin K as MK7, and full-spectrum mixed tocopherols, tocotrienols, and carotenoids. Folic acid is one of the standout nutrients in these formulas. 46% of the U.S. population does not process folic acid properly, putting them at greater risk for premature heart attack and stroke, depression, and even schizophrenia. Taking a once-daily multivitamin is an easy way to fill in small nutritional gaps. Learn more about Emerald Laboratories' science-based multivitamin formulas by going to ultralaboratories.com. That's ultralaboratories.com. The Del Walmsley Show, weekdays at 2 p.m. If you had any idea how absolutely insane the stock market is, how upside down and backwards every investment principle is that every financial planner teaches, you as 90% of the people who take my seminar walk out of there and stop doing everything you're doing right now. The Del Walmsley Show, weekdays at 2 p.m. Everything you need to know about finance and real estate. For more information, MyPassiveIncomeSystem.com. MyPassiveIncomeSystem.com. Log on and listen live. 1100kfnx.com. All right, welcome back. Welcome back to Independent Talk 1100kfnx. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're here with award-winning journalist Robert Perry, founder and editor of ConsortiumNews.com. Robert's work helped to break a number of big stories, including the Iran-Contra affair in the 1980s and also uh, Nicaragua cocaine gate. And before the break, uh, Robert, I suppose the question is, and you brought it up just before the break, um, here we are, we're in March right now, Robert, and we're no closer to having any evidence presented. And I always said uh, back in October, 
I said, if they had anything, I would have been certain they would have presented it back then. Any real evidence uh, to say that uh, the Russians were uh, somehow hacked the U.S. elections or meddling. I guess it's been downgraded to meddling in U.S. democracy now. So they seems to have abandoned the uh, hacking the elections. Now it's just meddling. But the House committee hearings are coming up March 20th. So what can we expect here? I mean, I'm expecting just a bashing Russia festival uh, in a dumping ground of hyperbole and various congressmen grandstanding to show how tough they are to the camera. Uh, I mean, are we going to see anything new at, at, at these hearings? Because they're, they're really hyping them up right now. Well, it's always hard to predict, I suppose. But as you say, as I, a point I, I try to make is that when I was doing those investigations that I've done, um, well, let's say, for instance, the, uh, the the stories that became the Nicaraguan Contra drug stories back in 1985 and uh, 86, uh, we had, before we did, before we put a, a word on the Associated Press wire about that, we had something like 24 sources. Uh, we had documents. We had, we, we had details of how this was happening, who was doing what. Um, So I think that's how you are supposed to do investigations. You're supposed to accumulate a lot of evidence before before you make any kind of accusation or charge. In this case, what we've seen is the the accusations and charges have come, um, but there hasn't been any proof presented. And that's and and so now people are saying, well, we're going to get these investigations going uh, because we need to keep digging into this thing which we haven't been able in these months that have intervened to show anything to support it, that, that it's not that, that anything serious. Uh, and, and this U.S. intelligence community had said in, uh, through um, then uh, uh, director, and, uh, director of National Intelligence Clapper in early January that he was going to present everything he possibly could. They were really going to push the limit and, and get this information out before the American people. So... When they put out a report on January 6th, I happened to be on vacation at the time, but I you know, took some time and <laughs> read through the report and uh, to try to put together a story. I thought, I'd finally, finally, we're going to get some stuff here. And it was simply the same, same old, uh, we assess, we assess, we assess. Uh, it didn't present any evidence. Um, they then had a, threw on an appendix to this. It was a 25-page report. There was seven, seven pages of it were just with some two-year-old uh, attack on RT, the Russian television <laughs> network. I mean, it was, it was bizarre. Uh, and in, in that, they even admitted that, well, you know, we, we say assess, we're just, we're, our conclusions are, are really based on fragmentary pieces. We're kind of piecing them together. In other words, they were guessing. So this whole, so the problem I have with this is that this, this huge momentum has built up. And it's, and it's not just some kind of funny game here. It's a momentum that has driven the relationships between the two nuclear superpowers into an extremely dangerous point. Uh, and, we're, and it's been done because, I guess, a lot of folks hate Russia or they hate Putin, and, they, and they've gotten themselves into this frenzy, and now they're blaming Putin for the Trump presidency, even though, quite frankly, the, even if the Russians did provide the, these two batches of, of emails, which, by the way, WikiLeaks says they did not get from the Russians. They say they got them from two separate American sources. That's right. But leave that aside, too. Um, 
that even if even if these were provided by the Russians, what, they were all true. There was no disinformation here. Though the, you know one you know one set was about was showed how the the Democratic National Committee broke the rules when they tilted the primary process in favor of Hillary Clinton versus Bernie Sanders, which they, which they're not supposed to do. And the other part, uh, the, the the emails from Podesta included the contents of these speeches that Hillary Clinton had given to Wall Street that she was trying to hide from the American voters. So these were, first of all, these were legitimate news issues, and they were true. Um, so, but, but they also didn't have that much effect on the, on the election. Uh, Hillary Clinton herself com- said the reason that she lost, in her view, was because FBI Director Comey, very late in the campaign, reopened his investigation into her use of a private email server uh, when she was Secretary of State. And, and at that point, we started seeing her numbers crumble across the country because people were, were sort of reminded of this, and it, it did not make her look very good. But so, so that, was the, that was the primary immediate cause for, for her, the collapsing of her poll numbers. And beyond that, she ran a pretty miserable campaign she didn't really show. She didn't, didn't did not inspire people with any real vision of the future. She she um, ran extremely negative ads about Trump. Uh, she and she you know, she called half of Trump's voters deplorables. Yeah. So she, there were a lot of mistakes here that contributed to Trump managing to sneak in uh, by winning some of those Rust Belt states and win. But it wasn't. But sort of pinned on the Russians is is is, is so mixed up and and screwy for a lot of reasons but that's where we are right now and, and i think you're probably right my, my guess is that at least what i've been told is that there's not that much new um in terms of any information about this but it will surely be a chance for everyone to say how awful the russians are oh yeah yeah and uh i don't know if you happen to catch uh, john john mccain and lindsey graham's town hall meeting uh, on CNN uh, a couple of days ago, which sort of reminded me of a sort of uh, a slapstick double act, but um, it, th- that's really what it was. Was it was their chance to show how tough they were about Russia? And by the way, th- you, you mentioned Thomas Friedman in one of your articles, and I watched him on Meet the Press on Sunday, and I just find it very curious uh, that uh, people like this would come out in, in their opening salvo in any comment is, Russia is not our friend. This is the first thing they'll say. And then he goes on to say we need to appoint a special prosecutor. And this is another strange thing that's grown out of all this hysteria is everybody is saying we need a special prosecutor, we need an independent prosecutor. It's like they don't have any case, but that we need to spend taxpayer money to hire somebody to find find the case, or, you know, find the evidence. It's the most bizarre kind of witch hunt atmosphere, uh, and I think it's kind of getting out of control uh, it, it, to the point where the, you know, the dialogue on, on the news shows now is becoming so nonsensical and so ridiculous that uh, it's, it's becoming really difficult to follow now. Well, there's a danger that, this, that we have a new Cold War where I guess it makes sense we'll have a new McCarthyism. Uh, and now we're seeing people are saying, if you spoke to a Russian, it's sort of like McCarthy asking if you ever were a communist. I mean, it, there is some similarity to this. Uh, guilt by association. Um, there's a piece we'll put up tomorrow at Consortium News about uh, about Democratic attacks on Green Party candidate uh, Jill Stein because she attended a, 
uh, a dinner in Moscow in, in 2015, at, uh, which also, which at the same table sat President Putin. So, therefore, ergo, she must be have been in on this uh, Russian conspiracy to to put Trump in the White House because she, she because she ran on the Green Party ticket and of course and siphoned off some votes from Hillary Clinton. <laughs> but but so this we're, we're reaching levels of madness, and I think the the Democratic Party, um, and, I, and I understand that a lot of progressives were really horrified that Donald Trump won, um, and I can understand that. And you know there are a lot of policies he's, that he's talked about that are rather scary, and their and his personal behavior is, is in many ways reprehensible. But that's that's different from trying to blame it all on on the russians it's it, it doesn't follow i know it's sort of a it's sort of a i guess it's considered a sort of a clever way to uh to sort of get back at him or get him out um rather than deal with some of the the the, the his actual policies uh if he can be if he can be portrayed as some kind of a traitor working with the russians that might be seen as a shortcut but it there's, right now there's been no evidence uh, the the idea that people, t- if you talk to a Russian, which is, which is sort of what um, uh, his national security advisor designate uh, Michael Flynn did in uh, on December 29th of last year, when when the um, when the Russian ambassador called him, so Flynn was on vacation in the Dominican Republic and um, took the call, and and then he was since the NSA uh, captured the, the 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 conversation had transcripts. He was then uh, the, the 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 Obama holdover the justice cited the seventeen ninety nine law the Logan Act which has never led to a prosecution in all those years um, and used that as the pretext to create a criminal complaint that allowed the FBI then to interrogate him and test his memory against the transcript. And since his memory wasn't, you know, wasn't adequate in, in their view, I guess that that became the basis for firing him. Yeah, amazing. so I mean, this and this sort of stuff has this is stuff that people should be concerned about because if if indeed we ever move to a point where people are being persecuted because we don't like their politics, this is a classic way of doing it. Now that we have all these abilities to to spy on people, to surveil their conversations, to get you know full recordings. And then if people don't remember the, well, exactly what they said on a, on a phone conversation, we can say, ha-ha, you know, you're, you're, you're lying to the FBI. We've got you on that. And a dangerous threshold uh, possibly we're crossing over. We're here with Robert Perry, award-winning journalist. We'll be right back after these messages to get into the Obama wiretap drama and other things. We'll be right back. Some GOP leaders who met with President Trump to talk about the new GOP health care law today say they're willing to make changes, but there's also some pushback from groups such as the American Medical Association. Correspondent Phil Mattingly tells more. The American Hospital and Health Systems uh, put out a letter saying they have significant concerns. The American Medical Association said they can't support the bill because of potential reductions in coverage. John Huntsman, a Republican who served as ambassador to China during the first Obama administration, has been offered a post within the Trump White House. 
latest from correspondent Jeff Selleny. I am told by an administration official that Mr. Huntsman has indeed been offered and has accepted. This is all but a done deal, but not quite, I am told, pending a vetting process here. Now, of course, he uh, was the ambassador to China during the first term of the Obama administration, one of the rare Republicans in the Obama administration. On Wall Street today, the Dow closed down 69, S&P lost 5, NASDAQ ended the day up 4. I'm Elliot Francis. From the KFNX Weather Bug Weather Center for tonight, mostly clear, a low 58. Thursday, sunny, a high 86. Thursday night, clear, a low 59. Friday, sunny, and a high 88. Friday night, mostly clear, a low 60. Saturday, we start the weekend, sunny, and high 87. I'm Keith Langloss from the KFNX Weather Bug Weather Center. Currently in downtown Phoenix, it's 68 degrees. Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. Hey everyone, this is Ken Beckrick, owner of Online Trading Academy Phoenix. One of my students recently told me that Online Trading Academy is the best kept secret in the valley. Well, let me tell you, if you're a business owner, the last thing you want is for your business to be a secret in the community it serves, even if it is the best one. So I'm offering a series of complimentary workshops to get the word out. The workshop will benefit beginners who want to generate monthly income trading the financial markets. Additionally, it'll benefit those who have no interest in trading but want to manage their long-term retirement accounts. And if you're an experienced trader who's struggling to generate consistent profits, this workshop's for you too. Admission is free for those who call 8448-INCOME right now. That's 844-846-2663. When you attend, you'll also receive five of our most popular home study courses absolutely free. Call 8448-INCOME now. Seating is limited. Call 844-846-2663 today. I'll make our government open and transparent. Tired of being lied to by Washington? Tired of being hoodwinked by the mainstream media? The press is so dishonest. Then go to 21stCenturyWire.com for the very best U.S. and international news and analysis. Also for premium reports, podcasts, videos, and documentaries, subscribe and become a member at 21wire.tv. Visit www.21stCenturyWire.com. Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. We're here with Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. This is Patrick Henningsen live, and I'm here with a special guest, award-winning journalist, Robert Perry, who is also the founder and editor of a great, great website, uh, consortiumnews.com. Go there. Really, if you want to talk about U.S. politics and you want to get some real analysis, uh, it's probably the best resource uh, that you can find online. And I do recommend you check out consortiumnews.com. Now, uh, Robert, you know, uh, this is an interesting angle. This uh, recent story that that came out about uh, the accusations by the president, which actually appeared in the news media in a number of sources first, but that there was uh, some sort of wiretapping going on at Trump Tower during the elections. And this has some big implications. One of them is uh, that, uh, you know, it, it, it talks to Donald Trump's uh, wildness on Twitter, for instance, or his reactionary Twitter, Twitter fingers uh, that he would go and accuse the president. But if you look at this story, it's interesting because uh, there's actually some truth in it. I think the president was incorrect uh, in saying Obama ordered it. Uh, you know, that's impossible to prove. But there was wiretapping. Uh, there were FISA requests uh, filed. And I think one 
for intelligence gathering in October was was accepted. A previous one was denied on uh, basis of uh, lack of probable cause or something. But uh, that's a real story. That's a real uh, reality. And then William Binney, former NSA technical director, who's been doing the rounds like on the mainstream media, which is amazing because they wouldn't even touch him for the last couple of years. He's done a number of alternative media programs. He's I've seen him on foreign news channels, but the U.S. media in general didn't want to hear what this man had to say in the wake of the Snowden revelations over the last, and now he's he's uh, a go-to guy on Fox, I think, because what he's saying uh, is sort of goes into sort of president's corner at the moment. But, um, you know, what do you make of this story? Well, it's, it is, it is, it's, it does suggest that there's a, Things have gone completely off the rails in in Washington, uh, you know, where I live. The um, it, uh, Trump clearly was agitated by things that were happening at the end of last week, including uh, Attorney General Sessions recusing himself because he gets sort of caught up and sort of stumbling through an answer before the Senate when he was up for uh, confirmation, and then he decided to bail out on this. Uh, on having any role in in the in the so-called Russia investigation, but so Trump was apparently quite upset. He he must have he's he'd heard these reports about uh, some some um, effort to surveil some people involved in his campaign, which or near his campaign, which I think is probably correct. Uh, as you've said, there 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 have been reports about a, a FISA order uh, that allowed. Some um, we're not sure, sure exactly who or, or what the details were, but some surveillance. And as you know, some of those surveillance arrangements allow hops. If you're if you're trying to get one person, uh, you can off. They often have like three hops. You can uh, the person that that person talks to another person, and that person talks to another person. The, sometimes these FISA orders can follow uh, several people uh, as part of the effort to find out what's going on, but. But Trump was was clearly not precise, and he also, as president of the United States, does have the power to to get that kind of information. He can demand it, um, but instead he chose to go to Twitter yeah. and and make it uh, and present it in a way that was very imprecise and suggested things that, that were almost certainly not true. Um, but it goes to this problem of of the of the craziness that has now infected. The U.S. government and the entire political process, and much of it revolves around this this effort over the past several years to turn Russia from a country that was basically cooperating with President Obama on important topics, uh, helping to get uh, American soldiers in Afghanistan supplied, uh, helping to get the Syrian government to surrender its its chemical weapons arsenal getting the Iranians to agree to tight restraints on their nuclear program. These were all done um, with the help of Putin. And taking and, our astronauts up to the International Space Station as well, I might add. Right, yes. I mean, so there, were, so there was a lot of cooperation, and, and it appeared that, that this was going quite well. But then, then there was the situation in Ukraine, where, which was partly instigated by the United States. I mean, yes, there were, there were indigenous uh, uh, reasons to protest, but instead of allowing that to sort of be held handled in a, in a political way, i.e., through um, advanced elections, which had been agreed to, to vote out the president if people wanted to, instead there was this move to essentially overthrow the president. 
and throw Ukraine into a into a civil war. And that and of course it was portrayed by the Western media as a Russian invasion. The, all the information about uh, the, the U.S. role in trying to instigate the coup that occurred in February of 2014 was essentially uh, blacked out in the American press. Uh, it was just there was just this effort similar to what we saw. In the in the rush to judgment on uh, on Iraq's uh, we- weapons of mass destruction, we saw something very similar here, um, and that just snowballed. And instead of standing up to this effort by some people in, in the State Department, some hardliners, people like Assistant Secretary Victoria Nuland, who was pushing for this uh, this crisis in Ukraine, um, Obama chose to go along with it, and 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 so increasingly. It made the tensions with Russia worse. Uh, Russia was very sensitive to what's happening in Ukraine, obviously, because it's been a very it was part of it's been part of them in many ways. It's on their border. It's where the Nazis attacked. Um, so you have you have you had you had those kinds of passions picked up on on the different sides, and instead of trying to resolve them, um, everyone in Washington it seemed like was was eager to make them worse and heighten them. Uh, and so, so now this is now playing out that anything Russia did or didn't do relating to uh, releasing information to the American public through WikiLeaks, if that's what happened, uh, is being turned into this highly nefarious something like uh, and Thomas Friedman compared it to the to Pearl Harbor. And if you remember what happened after Pearl Harbor, it, it was the beginning of a world war as far as the U.S. was concerned. Uh, and if, if the suggestion is that, that this is now something that requires that sort of response, mm. uh, we're talking about possibly the end of all human civilization and, and the deaths of, if we have a nuclear war, uh, deaths of you know, hundreds of millions, billions of people. Well, this I- is not something to play with or joke about, but, that's, but the sort of careless, almost goofy behavior that we, that we saw really in 2002 and 2003 around Iraq, where everyone sort of jumped on the bandwagon. Those few of us who were saying, hold it, the, you know, the intelligence is spotty here, were just laughed at and pushed aside, and off they went. But now we're seeing it as bad as Iraq turned out to be. This is at a whole different level of, uh, of, of proportion. This is, this is end-of-civilization stuff. Yeah, I mean, Russia's not a banana republic by any stretch of the imagination if you ever go to visit that country you have you know, interactions with russian citizens business people um this isn't iraq um and to debase the relationship between the u.s and russia based on what i would say is a hoax or a conspiracy theory um that's really difficult to walk back uh if you if the way it's being pushed and set Jeff Sessions and Michael Flynn were actually two of Trump's cabinet people that were very vocal uh, before inauguration about uh, having good relations with with Russia. And, you know, they're, they pushed out one. They're on their way to trying to get rid of another. It seems like anybody that raises a, you know, any, any opinion positive or wanting to do anything with Russia uh, is being attacked or gang tackled. Uh, by the opposition, but this isn't like you said, Robert, in your article. This isn't Travelgate or Whitewater. These aren't sort of um, nominal scandals or non-scandals, as it were. This this is a, at a much much higher level, and it seems like U.S. internal politics is infecting global politics. Would you say that that's a safe assessment? 
Yeah, it's also it's also infecting other countries. Uh, we're now seeing the same sort of craziness infect uh, the European Union, and obviously, there's things like the U.S. policy in Syria, um, the, the violence that again, the, the uh, some people in in the uh, in, in the Obama administration thought it was a good idea to support the rebels in Syria. So, but that has contributed to this refugee flow, and now you're seeing. Europe being destabilized, and and instead of the European Union, the more I'll say the more uh, mainstream elements defending how they handled the refugee mess and how or how they handled the uh, the post two thousand eight uh, economic mess, which I guess they don't have much of a, a leg to stand on in trying to defend their, how they handled that. The Europeans are also turning to this Russia baiting, Russia bashing oh, yeah. approach. And yeah. saying, "Oh, the Russians everywhere! Everywhere the Russians are trying to uh, are trying to undermine us." And and so it's it's very much the same kind of pr- approach that the Clinton campaign took in trying to make the the Russia issue this the the controlling issue, the dominant issue uh, in her campaign. And obviously, it didn't really seem to help her all that much. Uh, and you're, you're seeing it replayed in Europe now. So so this. This madness, and I have to say, it is kind of a madness. Uh, it's 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 something that I've not really seen in the United States uh, since I was a, a young a young guy, and uh, you know, watching some of the cold the early Cold War stuff, where there were these um, where things were just completely exaggerated to such such extent that the United States made horrible mistakes, very highly damaging to the United States, like the Vietnam War. Um, Thank goodness we had some rational people in place at other other moments to steer us away from a nuclear conflict. But I'm not sure we have those kind of adults anymore. Uh, and I think it's also peculiar because the Democrats were arguing that that Donald Trump, if he got too upset, if he got he had thin skinned, and he shouldn't have control of the nuclear uh, buttons. <laughs> but here they are, sort of baiting him into taking a more aggressive position vis-a-vis Russia as if as if they think Donald Trump is has the stability uh the personal emotional stability to sort of handle uh some kind of nuclear crisis with Russia with great equanimity uh so in other words there's there's all this game playing going on all this political game playing and it comes i think out of the shock of the democrats having lost when they thought they were going to win with 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 Clinton and they didn't, and they've been looking for scapegoats rather than looking in the mirror. And that has led to this very dangerous uh, momentum in Washington, which I'm not sure how it gets stopped now. I don't know how the New York Times or the Washington Post or the members of Congress kind of walk this back. And frankly, the Russians are, are looking at us as if we've completely lost our minds. Yeah. And that's going to affect how they calculate things. Absolutely. And and, and believe me, the Russians the Russians feel that that if that, that things are on such a tripwire right now that if there is some if there's some kind of false reading on a radar screen, they have to decide within minutes whether they launch their nuclear weapons or not. Mm. And we think that's kind of funny or goofy. I mean, this is this is this we are moving ourselves into a Cuban Missile Crisis situation, but we're not doing it with any sense of seriousness or gravity. We're acting like, you know, like it's a game, like it's sort of funny. 
Uh, it's a way to sort of get the other guy, you know, do a gotcha against the, some political opponent. Um, it, it, it's something that the American public should be quite alarmed at. Yeah, it, it does say a lot as to where I think the Amer- American public, where society is at this moment, uh, psych- culturally and psychologically. And I, I dare say it's not, not a great place. You know, I was going to ask you, do you think, you know, no matter how much Donald Trump might want to uh, repair relations with Russia, no matter how much you'd want to work with Russia to so, you know, defeat ISIS, for instance, or any other common interests that they might have, is the pressure too great or is, you know, is he too, is the, have the hawks circled around him to such an extent that this might not even be possible with this president? The forces of political nature are just too great uh, that he will not be able to withstand that pressure to be a hawk or, or to act aggressive against Russia, even if he didn't feel like he was? Well, it is one of the interesting things that the Democrats, who historically have been more somewhat more dovish and the Republicans more hawkish, have kind of flipped positions. And the Democrats are kind of baiting Trump into being more and more hawkish. And I think the one way a politician usually responds to that, and we saw this by when he fired Flynn, is they try, they try to give in somewhere. They, the the, the pressure is too much. The pain gets too high. Um, and so instead of standing up and, and fighting back, they sort of try to compromise somewhere along the way and start doing things the, the way that the, all the powerful people want them to. Um, so I think that may happen with Trump. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know Trump. Um, obviously, he, he, um, he has some other stubborn ideas. Uh, whether he is going to be able to implement some, some sort of detente with Russia, I think the chances of that have been, have been reduced dramatically in the past several weeks. Um, I'm not sure the Russians would trust anything they hear from the United States at this point because it's gone so far and gotten so crazy. But I do think that, um, you know, Trump, if he wants to, if he wants to accomplish much, he really does have to find ways to reduce these tensions. But what we've seen him do already is, is propose a significant increase in the, in the military spending, which is, I guess, a way to show how tough he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the Democrats are kind of pushing Trump into being more hawkish, uh, to, into spending more on the military to show how tough he is, um, and he may well not be able to um, make the kinds of concessions or the kind of compromises that you would have in a negotiation with another power like the Russians. Um, it's not clear he's going to be able, for instance, to try to do negotiations with the North Koreans, which he had talked about doing, uh, because of the pressure on that too. So you're getting you're getting a lot of areas where the Democrats are sort of shoving Trump into a corner to make him more of a of a militarist and 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 take actions that are, are more likely to lead us into war it's a very strange moment and, and i'm not sure the democrats have thought this through i think they're acting kind of out of out of anger passion the sense that they have you know hashtag resistance stuff you know so they are they are behaving in a way that is not responsible people keep saying well when they, there have to be some adults in the room somewhere to sort of take control, but I've, I've now been in Washington for almost 40 years, and <laughs> I'm not sure there are any, any adults left. <laughs> Good point. No, my my theory is this, and uh, I, I think if you want to talk about you know meddling in democracies or meddling in other countries' affairs, I can't think of any bigger way to meddle than to send weapons and cash and training to uh, opposition fighters 
uh, to the scale of the, the, the U.S. and its allies have done in Syria for the last five years. I mean, that is definitely meddling in another pr- uh, country's affairs. And you mentioned the Ukraine earlier. Uh, I believe we played a, a huge role with the EU in that. And then we have the meddling within the United States. If you look at the real meddling that seems to have gone on so far is really is the previous administration and the Democratic Party meddling in its own affairs and thus, uh, in a way, subverting the democratic process in the United States. So we have two examples there of, of U.S. government-related meddling in foreign affairs uh, of countries and elections. And there's many examples, as William Bloom and others who write for your website have, have you know, documented throughout their career. But, and then there's the meddling from inside America uh, with the political system, you know, total subversion within our country. And I, I, I just feel like this whole Russian narrative is a uh, intentional scapegoat to de- de- mis- you know, direct people's attention away from those two really uh, fatal flaws, I think, in U.S. Uh, domestic and foreign policy. And, uh, and we're not going to learn those. If we don't learn those lessons, they really, really, the blowback could be significant. Sure. And I think, I think as far as the Democratic Party is concerned, instead of taking a serious assessment, I think the Republicans had what they called an autopsy, remember, after the 2012 election? Yeah. Not that yeah. they followed their autopsy very <laughs> much, but they, they did one. They said, okay, well, how did we lose? What do we have to do? The Democrats, instead of doing that, instead of sitting down and saying, okay, how did we lose this thing? Why are we so marginalized at this point? How can the, how can the Democratic Party uh, become a, something that's attractive to a lot more people than it seems to be at the present time? Instead of that, they've been busy um, saying the Russians, Russians, Russians. I mean, it's, uh, it, it, is a, it is kind of scapegoating. And as I said earlier, the, the, even, even if the Russians did provide some accurate information, newsworthy information, to WikiLeaks, and, and WikiLeaks, of course, denies it, and the Russians deny it, and there has been no evidence that they did it, but let's, let's say they did it, it wasn't a big factor in the election. It was a minor factor in the election. Right. And now it's being transformed into some kind of grave assault on, on democracy itself. And, and frankly, I, as a journalist, I, I take information where I get it. My concern is really, is it true? Uh, if you want to sort of make sure that it's always that, that the motives for someone giving you information, often they're not quite beautiful. Sometimes they're self, maybe they're, maybe sometimes someone's selfless, but usually there's some self-interest. Maybe you're getting it from an attorney, maybe an oppo researcher. There are different times you get information. The only real test is, is it newsworthy and is it real? So, so I'm not sure how, if, the, if, if indeed the Russians provided some of this material, which was real and newsworthy, I, I'm not, I still don't quite get how that itself is uh, some a grave assault on democracy. It, it's, uh, you know, we do get a lot of information in a lot of different ways, and it's some of it, as I say, isn't pretty. But in this case, we don't even know if that happened. Uh, there's been no, there's been no serious effort to prove that that's what occurred. And as I say, you have, you have people in, involved in WikiLeaks who got the information saying, no, that's not what happened. So I, I don't know how, I, you know, it, it seems that before one goes to some extreme example or extreme position on an, on, on these accusations, 
there should be a demand that the U.S. intelligence community be much more open, and it can be. I know they, they say, oh, sources, methods, but they're saying that at this point mostly because I don't think they have anything very good. So they sort of hide behind sources and methods. If they, I think, as you said earlier, if they had really solid evidence, really truly convincing material, if they'd done the forensics themselves, if they hadn't left it to some private group, if the government had done its own forensics, which is what usually happens in a serious investigation, and they had the evidence, I'm sure they would have presented it to the American people. Oh, yeah. Instead, they've just gone with this kind of trust us. Yeah. And, and, and crowd strike. Uh... I've looked into these, so these depending on private companies, I don't want to get into that because we only got a minute left, but, uh, you know, depending on contractors to sort of validate national intelligence uh, assessments is a very strange thing indeed. But uh, I just wanted to say, you know, it, w with this story and with uh, all these other stories which are related, uh, you know, congratulations, Consortium News, because you have done it, you, Ray McGovern, uh, Daniel Lazar, all of your writers have done a fantastic job in basically making sense of something that is almost impossible to really quantify and make sense of right now. And so I, I strongly recommend everybody go check out consortiumnews.com. And uh, Robert Perry is the uh, editor and founder. And uh, you, you've got a great team uh, that you've got there, Robert. And uh, you guys are doing a great service in this in these choppy waters right now uh, in this point in U.S. history. So we well, thank you. We thank really you. thank you. Good for to hear that. that. We thank you for that. But um, uh, thank you again. And uh, hopefully, you know, we're going to keep an eye on your work uh, in the coming weeks and months. And uh, this is uh, we'll see where this goes. Uh, it'll be interesting, certainly, but at the end of this month. But uh, thank you very much, Robert. Okay, thank you. There he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Robert Perry, award-winning journalist, uh, editor and founder of Consortium News. And uh, we're trying to unpack something that is almost impossible right now uh, to make sense of. That is uh, the, the CIA intelligence dump uh, on WikiLeaks, uh, the Russian uh, elections conspiracy theory. I don't know what else to call it. Uh, and just about anything else related to that. So... We'll see what happens. We'll see if this president survives uh, this rapture uh, in Washington right now. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. Thank you for joining us. This has been Patrick Henningsen Live on Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX. We'll see you next Wednesday. We'll catch you this Sunday as well for the Sunday Wire at 21stCenturyWire.com. Thank you, everybody, at Alternate Current Radio. Uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Patrick Henningsen Live. Until next week, visit 21stCenturyWire.com. I'll make our government open and transparent. Tired of being lied to by Washington? Tired of being hoodwinked by the mainstream media? The press is so dishonest. Then go to 21stCenturyWire.com for the very best U.S. and international news and analysis. Also for premium reports, podcasts, videos, and documentaries, subscribe and become a member at 21wire.tv. Visit www.21stCenturyWire.com. You're listening to Independent Talk, 1100 KFNX, Cave Creek, Phoenix, a division of premier radio stations. KFNX News Time. It's